0: What is up team welcome back to the show today we are digging into supersets. so back with the solo episode for the first time in what seems like quite a while but let's get into the conversation around supersets all right so when it comes to supersets the first question we typically have to answer is are supersets better for muscle growth than just doing straight sets and within this, I will personally, I don't think we have enough evidence to say either way. We've really heard of, like, there's a lot of arguments that you will hear both ways. So especially when it comes to same muscle group supersets, so doing two movements in a row, um, for the same muscle group, again, you'll hear two sides on one end. Hey, if we didn't superset, if we just did straight sets, we'd likely be able to use heavier load. And again, this is more specific to same muscle group supersets than antagonist supersets, both of which we'll define here in just a moment. Um, But we potentially be able to use heavier load. If we just did straight sets that would drive more progressive overload, which may lead to more hypertrophy. Now on the flip side, when we're talking about again, muscle growth or hypertrophy with the argument that you'll hear for using supersets is okay well we could potentially fatigue the target muscle fibers quicker and more efficiently if we use these superset pairings and even potentially achieve the desired stimulus with less overall training volume which means it would be potentially easier to recover from and again it could be potentially more effective for hypertrophy now again i don't think that we can necessarily say one is superior to the other and we of course use both within our training protocols but the reality is an application how we primarily like to use supersets. So if we are really targeting a specific muscle tissue, for example, supersets are largely a way where I would argue we can get a very similar, like I don't think there's going to be a massive difference if we just did an entire training, training day with straight sets versus supersets for hypertrophy. We'll get a very, very similar stimulus either way. But when we're trying to allocate a large amount of volume to a specific muscle group, so for example, lower body, the reality is most people just have a little bit of time. So supersets can be a very effective tool for us to achieve the desired stimulus, the desired amount of volume and fatigue within the target tissue in a shorter time frame. which for most people will often be necessary to actually drive the adaptations we want. So in practice, again, even if supersets are not necessarily superior to straight sets. And again, we could definitely argue that either way. Um, in application, there are oftentimes just something that is going to have to be part of your program or a client's training program in order to drive the desired adaptations. So when we get into supersets, a few different types of supersets we can use. So the first is going to be antagonist supersets. So an antagonist superset is going to be combined of opposing muscle groups. So this will almost always be a push pull pairing, and that can be either upper body upper push. Or upper body push, upper body pull. That can be an upper body push, a lower body pull. Um, so, for example, like we could do a dumbbell bench press, superset with a cable row. Those are opposing muscle groups, um, or we could do a dumbbell RDL with a dumbbell bench press. So, within this, this is a good way to get in a good amount of density of work into a relatively short time frame. And this can be a great option for clients training with a relatively limited amount of time or a limited amount of training days. So for example, for a client training three days a week, really the only time I would compare two compound movements, for so for example, that like dumbbell yell with that dumbbell bench press, is for a client that's only training three days a week, where it's, hey, we probably wanna get three to four, if you are training in a full body fashion, for example, we probably wanna try to squeeze three to four compound movements in within this single training day. So oftentimes, just for the sake of making the, making the training session realistic from a time perspective, using a pairing like this, again, an upper body push and a lower body pull or vice versa, like a lower body push, which would typically be like a forward lunge, potentially a split squat, or of course a squat variation supersetted with an upper body pull. Now within that pairing, the reason we are pairing again, typically like push pull there is to prevent overlapping fatigue, right? So for example, if we are looking at a client going from a lap pull down into a dumbbell RDL or vice versa. We know to an extent, we are going to be using the lats and the musculature of the upper back as a stabilizer during our RDL, right? So if we're going directly from a lap pull down into that RDL, there can be some overlapping fatigue that will hurt performance on the, Ro- the Romanian deadlift, right? So rather, if we are pairing again, like an upper body push with a lower body pull, there will be less overlapping fatigue. So if we are going to pair like an upper body compound with a lower body compound, using that as a good rule of thumb is a good idea. Now, similarly, if we're training upper body, so again, for a client following an upper lower split, for example, that push pull example of a dumbbell bench press superset with a dumbbell row is a great option where again, there's not gonna be a lot of overlapping fatigue. Now, typically, even within that pairing, we would want about 60 to 90 seconds rest between each of those sets or between each of those movements or we could potentially do something like 60 to 90 seconds rest after that bench press, do your table row, rest two minutes and repeat. But again, it's going to be a good way for us to get in a good density of work to get in a good amount of volume um, and to fatigue the target fibers without taking up a huge amount of time within the training session. Now, within this, it's a good idea not to pair two movements that involve a significant degree of spinal loading. So for example, if we paired a back squat with a, so again, like this is example of a lower body push or squat pattern and upper body pull, if we went from a back squat to a barbell bent row. Okay, we know that the movements that involve a lot of axial loading or basically put a lot of stress in your spine are inherently going to be more fatiguing. We're also a lot more likely to experience more form breakdown. So within that, like a much better option would be making sure that that rowing pattern is something that was going to be chest supported, for example. Or even if we did like a lat pull down variation, again, something that's not going to load the spine to a significant degree would be much smarter. We'd be able to execute both of those movements in a better manner, um, which is going to, of course, be a huge part of achieving the stimulus we want. Now, from there, another way we could could do this is a compound movement paired with an accessory movement. So an example of this, and again, we're still working antagonists or opposing muscle grips here. So an example of this could be a barbell romanian deadlift going into a light extension or superset with a light extension or a cable row superset with a dumbbell lateral raise. So again, we're kind of using this push pull pairing here. Now the thing with the previous supersets that I meant to mention with those, um, compound superset with the compound superset, this is also going to be much more, this is going to be relatively metabolic in nature. So basically what this means is, because again, we are working a large amount of muscle tissue in a relatively short period of time. This is going to force some conditioning adaptations. Typically this will drive some conditioning gains. So sometimes, for example, if the client is in a metabolic phase and like our goal is driving conditioning, this is, this is a fashion of training that we will use pretty heavily. Um, But within this, and that's this is mostly in the context of hypertrophy. So again, my other caveat there should be a lot of times in like a um, metabolic phase, we will use like a a posterior anterior type split, right? So we might pair an upper body pull with a lower body pull, but there our goal isn't actually to see, um, local fatigue be the rate limiter. So not necessarily fatigue in a specific tissue, but overall system-wide fatigue, you're basically out of breath and it's your cardio system. That's the rate limiter is the goal here. So kind of a different scenario than what we're discussing here. Um, but within this thing to understand is like when we are using these, this compound superset or another compound style of supersets, um, conditioning can be the rate limiter rather than local fatigue in the target muscle tissue if the rest periods are too short or if the client has poor conditioning right so again we can use this to help bring up conditioning but understand for someone with poor conditioning they'll struggle struggle to get as strong of a hypertrophy stimulus potentially because again the rate limiter can start to be their part of the vascular system all right so taking it back to the compound and accessory supersets um, again, we could use the example of a barbell Romanian deadlift superset with leg extension or a cable row supersetted with a dumbbell lateral raise. Um, again, this is just a good way to get in a large amount of work in a condensed time frame. Now, this pairing is usually going to be less fatiguing than a compound lift superseted with a compound lift. So. For example, if you had a client that was focused almost exclusively on like pushing, maybe the first part of the training session, we we're really focusing on pushing strength adaptations. And then the latter part, which we don't program like this too frequently anymore, and, but the latter part, then we wanted to add it some hypertrophy work, and this could be a good option where again, maybe we're doing straight sets at the start, we're resting longer between sets. And then we're condensing that time frame for the hypertrophy work using these um kind of almost think like big small supersets. Now, from there to get into say muscle group supersets, there are a few different options we can use here. So, first we could go lengthened to shortened. So basically a movement that overloads the tissue in the lengthened or stretched position, and a movement that overloads the target tissue in the shortened or contracted position. So, for example, we could superset a bent knee Romanian deadlift, which is really going to be hardest at the bottom of the movement, when your glutes are under a large amount of stretch or in the lengthened. It's overloading in the lengthened position, and we could pair that with that glute bridge, which is going to be much harder at the top of the movement when the glutes are fully contracted, aka they are being overloaded in that shortened position, or the movement is hardest in that shortened position. So. This can be a for hypertrophy. Um, the target muscle, muscle tissue is experiencing a significant amount of tension through a large part of its working range by overloading both the lengthened and shortened positions. And again, for hypertrophy, we know these lengthened overload movements are going to be the biggest quote unquote bang for our buck movements. But to best develop the muscle tissue over time, we probably want to put a focus on training it stressing the tissue through this entire contractile range. So it is a good idea to use movements that overlook the length of position, the short position, and sometimes we can even put some focus on the mid range, but that's a topic for a different day. So within this, it is a good idea to use. If you are going to super set superset movements in this fashion, understand if we have a more technical or a more complex or less stable, which a lot of times those things can go hand in hand. If we have a movement that meets any of those categories, then it's probably a good idea to do those that movement first, right? So this would be an example of where it's a good time for us to use a length and short superset would be something like if we're doing a barbell back squat where Hey, this isn't necessarily a very stable movement, right? So if we are going into this in a very fatigued fashion, a lot of times we'll suffer to execute the movement as well. Technique will break down, right? And we won't necessarily get the desired tension on the target muscle tissue, but fatigue fatigue will cause form to break down a little bit quicker. Right, So typically, like a movement like that, we would typically want to do first before going into a more stable movement, like a leg extension, for example, where basically we we just have to strap in and go. We don't have to think about it too much. We're not too worried about technique breaking down. It's relatively hard for technique to break down, in fact. Now, on the flip side, we can also do a shortened to lengthened pairing. So an example, a few examples of this could be a glute bridge going into a glute focused leg press or a costal cable press going into a dip. Now here, very similar to what we just discussed, this can be an effective pairing for hypertrophy. Now here it can be a good idea to make the second movement, a more stable movement. So again, very similar to what we discussed before, especially when it comes to lower body training. So for example, in a situation like this, where, okay, we've already fatigued the glutes a pretty good amount by doing the glute bridge. Now, if we go into an RDL for a client that doesn't have great conditioning or doesn't necessarily execute the movements at an extremely high level yet, or struggles to do this. So in a consistent fashion, it would probably be much easier to execute the movement properly under this situation where the client is a little bit more fatigued, if again, we chose a more stable movement for that second movement. So. Again, like if here we know that, okay, well that like a bent knee RDL would overload the glutes in the lengthened position here, um, that is going to be a little bit less stable movement. That's going to be a little bit more complex movement to execute properly. Where again, if we do a glue focused leg rest, the client will be in a much more stable position. One breakdown is much less likely. And again, the client can really just focus on output. That said, this isn't gospel by any means. Again, if you're someone that executes well or executes well under more fatigue or have better conditioning levels, which is oftentimes the issue there, then it's perfectly fine to do so. We just want to make sure that we are being smart with those pairings. Now, when it comes to lengthened shortened versus shortened lengthened, um, this is a topic that is very interesting to me. Um, As of now, the thoughts that I have gathered from mentors is that potentially, and I think this could be somewhat splitting hairs. I don't think there's necessarily like we always have to do this at this time, but potentially we are going to create a little bit more muscle damage going lengthened to shortened versus if we go shortened to lengthened. Um, Again, my mind could change on this in the future. As of now though, that seems to be the general consensus. So basically what that means is when we are under a period of higher calorie restriction and we're in like a hypertrophy program for a client who is in a deficit, it might make more sense for us to potentially, like if we are gonna use pairings like this, go short to lengthened versus lengthened to shortened just because again, if we're creating less muscle damage, then potentially that is going to be less overall that the clients can have to recover from. And we're in a period of time where resources are relatively limited. That said, I think this could be somewhat splitting hairs. The reality is for 95% of people, it's probably not something you need to think about too much in the overall program. It's not going to be nearly as important as overall volume, intensity, sleep, stress management, and the amount of calories that the client is taking in. So again, This is very much a nuance. Now, finally, what we could do is a lengthened to lengthened pairing. So, for example, we could do a dumbbell chest fly, which is going to overload the pecs in the lengthened position. And then we could pair that with a dumbbell bench press, which is also going to overload the pecs in the lengthened position. Now, the reality is this is going to create a shit ton of muscle damage and soreness. Um, there could potentially be a time and place for this in a hypertrophy program. That said, this is definitely not something that we implement very often. I would say hardly ever do we actually implement this. Um, really, it's going to create a ton of soreness, and I would say for mo- for most cases, unless you have an abundance of calories to work with, it's probably not going to be the best idea. Unless your goal is to get extremely, extremely sore. So in a nutshell, those are just some help. Hopefully those are some helpful considerations as far as how to go about programming supersets, um, how to implement the movements that you're selecting. So really an application, what I'll say here is for a lot of clients, what will like when something like this would come into play is let's say we have a client that wants to target really focus on growing her glutes. Um, and then within that, okay, we have four training days per week to work with. So you have two upper body days, two lower body days. The reality is yes, that's most people can definitely get like an adequate amount of training stimulus. I would say almost everyone can just training four days a week, but oftentimes like to make that from a time, allotment perspective, manageable, we will need to introduce things like this, right? So in a scenario like this, what we might even do is, okay, maybe like our first movement that's very blue bias is going to be, um, a trap bar RDL, trap bar bent knee RDL, and we're not we're not going to superset that with anything. And then maybe we would go into okay, but we know we are pushing volume for her glutes specific significantly in this phase. that's it, we still need to make time to get a little bit quad work, potentially some calf work, and some ab work in. But we want to get in probably at least another lengthened overload movement here and a shortened overload. So then we go into okay, now we're going to do like that glute bridge, focus superseded with that um, glute focus leg press pairing, right? And then this is a little bit more efficient way for us to get in that time under significant tension, basically that muscle building stimulus that we want, again in just a more time efficient fashion. So hopefully this is helpful. That is all I got for you guys for today.